Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. We can't help but notice, and I'm not going to go into individual cases for legal reasons because most of them are going to be before the courts or people have been charged, the amount of people that have been stabbed over the last two or three weeks. Uh, the amount of crime that's happened in the city over the last two or three months, particularly around Dublin. And all across the country, but particularly around Dublin. And a lot of these crimes are being committed by 14 and 15-year-olds. And when we look at the antisocial behaviour and the rise in antisocial behaviour, particularly last weekend we've seen a group of youths on bicycles being chased by the guards all over Dublin. When we see the rise in antisocial behaviour amongst young people between 13 and 15 years of age, and yes, you can put some of it down to the pandemic and they're bored and they know no better, but knifing people and stabbing people has nothing to do with being bored. Attacking people, attacking innocent people with knives and killing them has nothing to do with being bored. But the question is, is that inherent in a person? I mean, when you think about a 14-year-old stabbing somebody to death, is that something they were born with, the ability to do that and to be able to do that? Or is that the way they were raised? Or is it society's problem? And we talked the other day to Sinn Féin in relation to what we could do about knife crime in general. And I don't want to focus just on knife crime. But they said part of the problem was, similar to they had in Limerick many, many years ago, was that a lot of young people from areas where there wasn't much work and their parents maybe weren't in work and there was a lot of antisocial problems had nothing better to do. So they set up a lot of clubs and workshops and things like that. And they believed that helped. Now, there is an argument that you shouldn't have to give somebody something to do to stop them committing a crime. When I was a young lad in my area in Edenmore, it was a pretty bad area. We had one community centre, which wasn't great. And that was it. There wasn't really much for me to do. But I didn't go around killing people, knifing people, beating people up or committing crimes. And as I said, I came from a bad area. But I didn't do these things. So is it nature or nurture? In other words, is it the parents' fault or is it society? Or is it the area you're brought up? It's one of those three things, isn't it? So is it the parents' fault? There's an argument that if you're a complete and utter scumbag at 14 years of age and you're committing crimes and serious crimes, as we've seen in the last few weeks, your parents must know what you're up to. When my children were 14 years of age, I knew where they were all the time. Every minute of every day, I knew where they were. And you're going to say to me, that's not possible, Lyle. It is possible. Apart from when they were in school, obviously I can't go into school and follow them around, but I would have picked them up from school. They were dropped off to school. So we knew where they were all the time. They didn't go and hang around shops. They didn't do any of that kind of stuff because they wouldn't have let it happen. I was reporting for another radio station many years ago and there was a, a kind of disagreement between Fetter Karen and Jobstown in Tala. Gangs, rival gangs. And I was kind of sent up to see what was going on. And I drove up the Belgard Road and there was people on both sides of the road from both estates. One is on each side of the main road, or not the Belgard Road, it would be the Blessington Road there at the Plaza Hotel. And they were firing rocks and all sorts of things. And I seen this young fella. I'd say he was 10 years of age. And he threw a Molotov cocktail across the road at the opposing gang. And I looked at him and I said to myself, 10 years of age with a lighter in his hand 
a bottle of whatever Molotov cocktails I made out of is it petrol I don't know with a cloth shoved down it and he lit it he could have killed himself firstly and he threw it where were his parents probably actually probably beside him throwing stuff as well but I don't know where were his parents why was he not in bed it was half ten at night so in other words that child will amount to nothing he will never get a good education or care about his education. He most likely hasn't got a job. He most likely will end up in Mountjoy prison if he's thrown Molotov cocktails at 10 years of age. So whose fault is that? Is that society's fault? Is that Tala's fault? Is that the local councillor's fault? Is that the fact they don't have enough to do in Tala for young people's fault? Is that mass unemployment's fault, which wouldn't have been the case at the time because there was full unemployment more or less at the time? Or is it his parents' fault, who are clearly scumbags for allowing their 10-year-old to do that? So whose fault is it when children grow up to be scumbags and amount to nothing? Whose fault is it? So I'm giving you a choice here. Parents, society, the area, or a combination of all three. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 8 You can WhatsApp or text us. 87-188-0008. Peter, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Peter? How's it going, Noel? Good, nice to talk been? to you, Peter. Nice to talk to you too. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> this is sounding very like a very cagey conversation that's going to go somewhere. Yeah. What are you going to say? Are you going to give out to me, Peter? Nah, this is a touchy subject. I mean, Oil, you know what it is. Oh, well, no. Uh, no, I mean, Peter, I, I would yeah. never judge you, and you know that, right? Yeah, oh, 100%. But by your own admission, you were a tow rag. Yeah. And you didn't blame your parents. No, not a hope. But the area you grew up in had something to do with it. Can you blame society? Yeah. Can you, are you going, would you blame the government for not giving you enough to do or the local council for not giving you enough to do? or What? To remind people who don't... It was me. Don't, it, well, was, it was me. Like, I, I grew up and my parents, you have to be in at this time. And if I wasn't in at that time, my dad would roam the streets looking for me. And I'd know, I'd know where to hide and I'd know where to go. Um, there was often times of being in the house, um, 14 years of age, being at 10 o'clock, I wouldn't be in. And he'd come looking for me, he'd find me, he'd grab me home by the scruff of the neck. And then once uh, I grew up to the bedroom, I was out the bedroom window. And I was, I was a, a, a proper tow rag. I wouldn't listen to my parents. Um, I'd done, I done what my friends wanted to do. That they had, I wanted to be one of the big boys that hangs out and that does everything that the big boys do, hang around with people that were older than me and do, do stuff that people older than me were doing. And I had no respect for my parents. I had no respect for an authority, whether it was teachers, whether it was police, anything. And that's, that's just the, the, the lifestyle I led because I wanted to be that drug dealer driving around in that nice fancy car. I wanted to be the big man that everybody feared. And I lived a stupid fantasy of a life that nearly killed me. An absolute fantasy of a life that nearly killed me. Brought me to hospitals, getting stitches in my head. Ended up in, in prison. Ended up in, in places I never, ever wish to ever be again. Like, I know I won't, but... That that was that was just the way I lived, and in some senses, that I know there are parents that just don't give um, one 
they don't give a rats about the kids. Oh, yeah, go on up and do what you want and that. But there is a, a percentage. I don't know how high of a percentage it is. But there is a percentage of parents like mine that are trying to raise, raise their kids in the best possible way they can. And sometimes you will get a rebellious child that will do what I done and live the life that I, that I lived. And so it's not all parents. It's not, it but it's not, but Peter, when I, when I see two toe rags of parents and some little child, yeah. maybe I'm wrong to do this, I look at that child and I go, you haven't a hope in, in life. Not with those yeah, two it's, toe rags. It's, it's what you see, it's a judge, but there's always that fam- famous story, the two twins that grew up with alcoholic parents. One ended up a doctor, one ended up a drug addict. One ended up blaming his parents for the life he had. And the other one saw the damage it done to the parents and said he was never going to end up like that. So it's 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 a, it's a it's a tough situation. But what what's going on in Dublin at the minute with these knife crimes is little youngflas trying to be the big men and and all the youngfla handing them a knife and say go over and rob that the food off your man. And we'll all get something to eat. Okay, don't don't, is, don't don't get don't get into a particular story yeah, or if you can yeah, because obviously these are before the courts. Right? But I think we all know what we're talking what you're talking about. Yeah, but this ha- I, I've seen this happen in my own in my own life, and they go over, they rob the man, the man then runs off, his money's gone, his food is gone, he jumps in his car, he goes off, and the chip or whatever don't deliver to that place anymore, and that's all it is. It's just young, young, young flits that haven't a clue, that just want to be big men and listen to what other clowns are telling them and going and doing it. That's what it is. It, it's unlikely, so, yeah, but these kind of crimes tend yeah. not to happen in black. No, they do happen now and again, I know. And people are going to pull me up on that and say, well, what about the poor young fella got his head kicked in at St. Annabelle's nightclub many years ago? But generally speaking... These type of random knife crimes, people being beaten up, uh, robbed, don't happen in areas like Blackrock, Malahide, these kind of places. They do happen, but they don't happen as often. This kind of crime happens more so in areas where there's a lower socioeconomic background or people of a lower socioeconomic background. So you've got got higher crime rates. And why did you carry a knife? Because I was in fear of, of, of my own life. I was fighting with people. I, if it wasn't a knife, it was a baton or a base baseball bat with a couple of nails in the end of it, or you know something stupid. Because you thought you were the hard man, and when you see if these come and get me, I'm Johnny Big, whatever, and nobody's going to hit me and all. And did you ever? So, did you ever assault somebody? Yeah, but we won't get into that. Okay. Um, okay. So. What I'm saying is, this is this is the society we're living in today, and it is getting worse. And do you not and do you not recognise that Peter now? When you look back at that Peter, do you not recognise oh, him? Do. I I do one hundred percent recognise that I was a clown. I was stupid. I should have listened to my parents, and I would have never ended up in the situations I ended up in if I had to listen to my parents and done what they told me. 
Stay there for a second. Malachi are on Classic Hits. Malachi, who's also f- very familiar with the crime in the inner city because that's where his offices are, Malachi Steenson, solicitor. And, and Malachi deals with people from the inner city on a regular basis. Uh, well, not just the inner city, from everywhere. Malachi. Plus, Niall, I was born and raised in the inner city. Mm. And my wife was born and raised in the inner city. And, you know, we still live there till relatively recently. Well, now, it's the, in fairness, I don't want to be picking on the inner city. It's, all, it's just that recently a lot of the crime has been in the inner city. But, but generally speaking... Well, whose fault is it, Maliki, that a 13 or a 14 or a 15-year-old walks around the city with a knife or walks around the city beating people up with his mates and t- basically turns out to be a scumbag? Whose well, fault is that? Well, firstly, I have little argument with the other caller there in, in many of his arguments. And, you know, when, when you point, made the point that there are less attacks or less of these type activities within uh, upper-middle-class areas or certainly middle-class areas, and they're, they're more or less confined to what would be considered to be lower socioeconomic areas. If you track the amount of state funding that goes into particular areas, you can track the amount of crime. So in the northeast in our city, for instance, yesterday I saw a report, there are 150 community activists, which translates to 150 people paid by the state to actually solve the problem, met to discuss these problems, and demanded more state money and more state intervention. So we have a problem that nobody will recognise, and we have a solution which is about pouring more money in to very questionable programmes to try and solve it, which actually... But the they, well, they did well, well. According to Sinn Fein, when I spoke to Di Doolan the other day, they talked. He talked to me about Limerick, and when Limerick had the reputation of being Stab City, and we all remember that many, many years ago. Well, of course, the task force was sent down, but they identified the problem with a lot of the young people were that they were bored. That's so, not what pro- no, that and that's a total. Can I come in no, well, 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 no, well, hang on. Well, the, on. Point, the point I wanted to make, just very quickly, Maliki, let me finish the point, then you can answer me, was that the idea was, that, and they did the same in Tala as well, was give them something to do. Set up boxing clubs, late-night clubs for fixing cars, give them a track to drive around on to stop them robbing the cars. In other words, give them something to do. Now, there is an argument that we shouldn't have to give people something no, to do to stop not. them committing the crime. If I go out to Rahini or to Edenmore where you are out, there are virtually no community facilities. There was one community centre right? Edmore. Yeah, one. You go into the northeast in our city and you can take your pick of activities for you as a child or a teenager to be involved in. All funded by the state, all available on a daily basis. There are more, the there are more community facilities available in the northeast in our city in Tallaght and all of these areas where in Royalto and areas that, that, that people say there are problems. And well, that no, doesn't, solve it. That doesn't solve it, right? The, the problem hang on, hang on, if Peter. you take the northeast inner city, people complain we don't have a football pitch, right? In the northeast inner city, then say for instance from Sheriff Street, you can walk to Fairview Park, which is a fifteen-minute walk. Where I live, mm-hmm. outside of Dublin, if I want to walk to a football pitch, it's at least a half an hour's drive. Never mind a, a ten-minute walk, right? So all of these facilities are available. There are more boxing clubs and there are more youth clubs within these so-called deprived areas available to people than there are in areas where people are... Where there's less crime. Where, where, where people are working and paying for all of these things to go into other areas, right? Yeah. It is not 
a matter of facilities. It is not a matter of um, saying that we need more money, because all of this money, if we go back to when, for instance, in the northeast in our city, and I'll deal with that particularly, when the Kinahan feud started, we had the Mulvey report. And as I predicted, I think on your program, that the Mulvey report would come out and say, give more money to A and don't give it to B. And, it, and that's what it did. And more money came in, a couple of million quid, and what has changed? We see a, no. a, a poor woman stabbed the other night. We see a man, a doctor, coming home from his walk, stabbed for his scooter. And we see a huge range of attacks on ordinary, decent people going about their walk. We see drug dealing on a regular basis. And indeed, Noel, yesterday when I was on your program talking about euthanasia, I was walking down Henry Street. And I don't think it's acceptable that ordinary, decent people walk down one of the main uh, business streets in this city, even if the place is shut down at the minute, and fall across gangs or, or people sleeping in tents in doorways of Arnott's or Debenham's, <clears throat> drinking out of cans, smoking crack, and banging up. I don't think that's acceptable in a normal well, well, society. Well, it, well, it's not acceptable. The guards should be moving people but, out. But it seems to be well, acceptable. Okay, okay, but, that, that's, but, yeah, but, that, but that's not giving me an answer to the question. Okay, sorry, Peter, you want to say something to Malachi there? Yeah. It was the the way these finances are being pumped into these places in the inner city and all these urban areas. I went to some of these places, and I'm not joking with you, right? They might have the greatest of hearts. You're going in there to people to spend an hour to draw a picture or to make an ornament for home, and you're sitting there with more people because they're prison, you're sitting there with more people in the same situation that you're in. You're learning more about crime. You're learning more. You're getting a bigger gang, a bigger group, and you're learning nothing. You're making, you're running rings around the people that are in these facilities because the majority of them don't know who they're dealing with. The majority of them are not from the streets and are not street I, boys. I, I totally agree and with that. I totally agree. You with can't that. just keep throwing money at it. And, those, because and, and that's the very the point I'm so, so, in other words, these community centres or these centres which are designed to give young kids, 12, 13-year-olds, um, something to do and to keep them off the streets are basically essentially getting them all together to come up with better plans because there's more of them. No, they're, they're, yeah, they're designed baby, to... They're they're designed, hold them. on, just, Peter, hold up just a sec. Those schemes are designed to employ the people that they employ rather than actually solve the so problem. So the quangos, essentially, are the quangos, yeah. If you look at, and, and whether you look at the drug problem, where you look at night crime, or you look at any of these things, where you look at uh, homelessness issue, if we solved homeless, the, the so-called homeless problem tomorrow, there'll be a huge amount of people on the dole and unemployed. Why do you think Focus Ireland are... Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, not, no, I, no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, Maliki. Homelessness is an industry now. But, but, in, get, but getting back to whose fault, the question I asked at the start of the show is, when Joey, the 14-year-old scumbag, is going around stabbing people or with his mates beating people up or whatever it happens to be on the streets, and, you know, he's too young, obviously, to go to jail and he gets well, picked up every now and again. he's too young to go to jail, well, that's the problem. Well, yeah, well, he gets picked up every now and again or whatever and gets away with it. But it, And some of these individuals have numerous convictions and so do their parents, right? Okay, I'll give you the comment. Okay, well, well, hang, well, hang on a second. 
Whose fault is that? Is that his parents' fault? Is that society's fault in general, i.e. the government for not providing enough facilities, as we've already established they do? Or is that the area that he's living in? Well, I'll give you a comparison, Niall. Right? You're not answering my question. Well, oh, no, we'll answer the question. Right, it's a combination okay. of all those things, right? Right, okay. Right? If I go out today, right, as an Irish Republican, and have 10 AK-47s in the boot of the car, and I get stopped by the police, right? Mm-hmm. I would be arrested, I would be immediately charged, and I'd be remanded in custody, right? Yep. If I go out tomorrow as a drug dealer, right, with a load of cocaine and a few AKs in the, fo- in the boot of the car, I might be arrested, it could be a fire to the DPP, I might be charged, and I'll get bail, right? Yeah. To carry on my activities. If I'm arrested for, for stabbing somebody as a criminal, as opposed to a Republican, I will get bail. If I'm a Republican, I won't. Why is there a difference? Well, there shouldn't be a difference. No, there shouldn't be. No. Because, not ne- well, not, certainly not now there shouldn't be. Well, there shouldn't certainly be. Okay, but I, that, that, that's, you're still not giving me an answer to me, bloody question. I mean, who do you blame the most? I mean... Realistically, as I said at the start of the show, if my 14-year-old was out, you know, hanging around shops, stabbing people, I'd know about it. Yeah, but you see, what's up? My 14-year-olds weren't out at 10 o'clock. When I went up to Tallow to do a report for another radio station many years ago, I said at the start of the show, I saw a 10-year-old, you know, from Jobstown, throwing a Molotov cocktail yeah. across the Blessington Road. I mean, where are his parents at you half 10 at night? couldn't even spell Molotov. <laughs> no, I don't, couldn't tell you how to make a Molotov cocktail. But do me a favour, stay there for a second. Let me just go to Owen as well. Owen, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Owen? How are you doing, man? Uh, Owen, uh, nice to talk to you. Uh, no, Owen, you work in uh, disadvantaged areas of Limerick? Yes. Okay. And, and how, long are you, how long are you doing that, Owen? I'm working in an off-license there for about a year and a half. Right, okay. Um, and to answer your question, I don't know how it got on to AK-47s and whatnot. And members of the IRA, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we went from beating people up to knives to AK-47s. You're a product of your own environment, basically. Mm. I, I'm not from Limerick myself. I'm from the west of Ireland, and I came up here a couple of years ago to start college, and I just stayed up around here. Yeah. And I ended up, you know, kind of making friends in different places around Limerick in rough areas and whatnot and stuff like that but mm. it's, it's completely how they're brought up in these in these places and what, were you, what do you mean how they're brought up high unemployment rates high crime rates um yeah high crime rates would definitely be one of them mm-hmm. um so monkey see monkey do monkey see monkey do not even that though the parents have come to the point in the some places that they are getting the kids to do the shifting and doing this for them, whatnot. Mm. And, and well, that well, that's happening in Dublin too, where you've got twelve-year-olds moving heroin. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But just, just now, what did this guy study in college? What did I study in college? AK forty-seven. What What did you study in college, John? I studied uh, sound engineering. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Well, then, how how if you studied sound engineering, which would presumably lead you towards some kind of a musical... Um, well, ra- radio, radio or theatre or, or whatever, yeah, yeah. How do you end up then, you know, in a position where you're on a scheme or, or 
Well, Malachi, with the greatest respect, I know people who are in Ballypharma College studying broadcasting or media or whatever no, and sound yeah. engineering. And but at the, the moment, the, in, the industry is getting smaller and smaller, so it's difficult to get a job. Yeah, and that's, that's the problem so no, I'm getting at is there are people studying these issues. Hold on. There are people going to college to do all of these dodgy, kind of dodgy uh, uh, studies about community development and all of that, which just gets them a job in the industry, which doesn't actually solve the problem, but ensures that the industry continues in order to ensure that they have a job. Sorry, you want to say something, Peter, there. Go ahead. Yeah, we have to take into consideration also the COVID right now. No, we don't. That no, all we these places... All these stop. places... Listen, all these places are closed right now. That are usually babysitting these people. That's nonsense. The people who are involved in all of these things were not going to any of these uh, dodgy projects in the first place. The, the, How the do people, you know? Well, oh, How no. do you know that? Well, okay, let me give you an example, and we can't talk about the current things in Dublin, yeah. but I know a huge amount of people who are involved in the inner city of Dublin who, who are involved in drug dealing on the street corners and are involved in stabbings and muggings and everything else who never set foot in any of them projects. So using COVID Where do you to shut down... The, hold from? on, hold on. To, using COVID to shut down um, the, the whole system is a joke and a nonsense and just ensures that you continue to get paid while the system shuts down. No, well, so well, 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 let, me, let me go back to just Owen for a second. So Owen, you're working in an off-license. So are you there, Owen? Is he gone? Oh, well. Owen, are you there? Oh, he's gone. Now he's gone. Well, that speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have hung around. We could have come back to you. Jane, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Jane? Oh, jeez. Jane's at the drop. And is that something to do with Owen being a sound engineer? <laughs> I, just, uh, I don't know. Must but, be me, Niall. <laughs> but Peter, I mean, you're saying your parents did everything to stop you. And I, and you genuinely believe that. And I certainly yeah. don't want to be having a go at your mum and dad, right? And I'm not, yeah. I, But I kind of am in a sense yeah. that... I know that my father would have made sure I did. If I was being a complete bollocks, my father would have made sure I didn't get out of the house. If I was grounded, I was grounded. If I attempted well, to no, get out of the back window... about 40 years ago. Well, yeah, but Peter's not that much younger than me. Well, he's a bit younger you know, than me. Times have changed. And I, I Peter, don't well, hang on. I'll let Peter answer. How old are you, people out there? Um, Peter, Peter, how old are you? 38. Okay, well, you're only 20 years younger. Twenty years younger than you now. That's a generation. (laughs) So, Peter, okay, no no disrespect to your dad, in particular your dad, because he would have been the man of the house, etc., etc., right? Yeah. You can't say that, Noel, anymore. I know, you can't say that anymore. But no disrespect to dad, but, I mean, I wouldn't, my dad would have made sure I didn't get out of the house. You're saying you get out the window or whatever. I mean, the hat to, if if he really, really wanted to stop you and he knew how bad you were, surely he could have done more. Sure, he, he would have had to stay awake all night to keep me in, Noel. He would have had to put bars on the window to keep me in. I was just, that's, I was a rebel. I didn't care about my parents. I didn't care about authority. I just didn't care. And that's, that's, my father tried his best. And, and, and I, I, I accept that, Peter. And Noel, the, the problem for a lot of parents, right, you, you have two different sets of parents. You have one who, in, in Peter's case, for instance, would be in total denial that the umpire, or in your case, would be up to enter anyway. <clears throat> and then you no. people who are, are living off the proceeds. And that's the people that, that have the problem. I mean, there are, there are families within the northeast in our city who have to know 
what their kids are doing because of the amount of money that's involved. And they have to know that the, the £200 runners are not coming, you know, from nowhere. Yeah, but I, but I remember speaking to Governor Lonigan from Mountjoy many, many years ago. And <clears throat> he telling me that coming through Mountjoy, there was generations of families, grandchildren of grandfathers who had been there many years previous and fathers who'd been there many years previous. Yeah, and, and look, and, and I could sit here and we could talk about John Lonergan and the, the total destruction of the prison system that prevailed on okay, the, but the No, but that's not the, po- the point I'm making is that he saw, you know, generations of families come through Mountjoy Prison. Of course he did. And he Cousin, saw the biggest increase of drug addiction within the prison system of any prison governor. Right? So, you know, John Lonergan was painted as the, 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 by the media, and RTE particularly, as, you know, this guy who came out and justified it all. Okay, well, I, I, I can go into drugs in the prison another time. That's a whole, a whole different topic. But stay there for a second. Uh, let me just go to Jane. Jane, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Jane? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Jane, parents, society, or the area they live in, what's raising, you know, people to be bad people? Um, it's down to the parents, Niall. Absolutely 120% down to the parents. Um, look, I was raised in a nice area, Dublin 12 area, um, and when I had my children, I was very young mm-hmm. and went into the rental market. And the only place we could afford was in a not so good area. Okay. And um, so my kids now uh, reared in, how can you say, they were reared in a bad area. Yeah. And the children were doing very well. Okay, so because as a parent, you made sure they didn't mix in with the wrong crowd. To keep them away from it. Absolutely, yeah. Now, mm. look, Niall, I didn't want to have kids. I was, I'm not having kids. I met my husband, who I'm married to now. Mm. But at the time, you know, I was 22 years of age. I was like, oh, you don't want to have kids. But, but, but things happen, yeah. Well, I was like, we all know what happens. We all know how you yeah. have kids. Well, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I had to put my head on my shoulders, as did my now husband, had to put our heads on our shoulders and make sure that our kids were going to go through society to be good people. And this yeah. is, okay, and that's what I want to come back to with Peter, because Peter said, right, it wasn't his mum and dad. He got out and it was the people he was hanging around with in the bad area you were in. Is that right, Peter? That's what you're kind of blaming, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Again. I don't blame anybody for what I've done. No, but, but, no, but, but, but no, well, hang on. You weren't born like that, Peter. So well, no, so somebody born, somebody is responsible for, for leading you in that direction because you're a child. So you don't, yeah. just become, you don't just suddenly become like that. Somebody has to bring you in that direction. I lived in Edmore, a lot of bad people in Edmore. At the time, half of them were in Mountjoy. Well, obviously, that's a generalization, right? But it was a bad area, right? You know, here's Jane. She's telling you she she's in a bad area, but she's got three good kids because she's a parent and she makes sure she knows who they're with and who the role models are going to be and who the peers are going to be. But Peter, you were with the wrong people who said, "Come on, Peter, yeah. we went, we robbed that car. Come on, Peter, we robbed the old lady. When we take our handbag, we wreck the bus." Nile, it comes yeah. back to the fact that Peter was allowed to go out to meet these people. Where I lived in a bad area, I'm not there anymore. I'm in a lovely area now in a beautiful house, right? Because we well done. Hard, well done. Right? We I knew that the day would come where we would be out of that bad area, okay? 
So I made sure that my kids were in every sport going and they were had their interests so that they couldn't hang around on the streets. Hey, did your child ever stay out a night with a friend? No, because well, now. Uh, well, I mean, what age group? Sorry, well, hang on. What age? No, what, no, hang on a second. What age group are you referring to when you say child? My, my I'm saying twelve, thirteen. Okay. Did, did she ever yeah, let her no, kids stay I over have, with another another friend? I have a fifteen-year-old, and they don't now in like well, coronavirus, everything now they don't. They won't go out of the house now because they know what the deal is. And I'm not asking that. I'm asking when your kids are growing up, did they ever stay out in a night with a friend? Overnight, a sleepover? Uh, no, because that's, that's the thing, Peter. My kids are only 13 and 15. So how do you know they've grown up and had a successful life if they're only 13 I'm and not, 15 I'm now? I'm not trying to imply that my kids have grown up. But that's up what you said. Kids. You said your kids are all grown up now and they're doing great. And you grew up No, she said area. no. She never said they're all grown up. She said they're doing well. And that's okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, but Peter, I think you have a fair idea yeah. at 13 or 15 if your child is doing okay. Exactly. Yeah, well, I'm raising two children in a bad area as well. And I know every move they make and, and where well, they are. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. But back then, it was like that. Peter, if your young fella was out, if if you found out that your young fella was in a robbed car tomorrow, what would happen? Yeah. There's a big difference because I know what I went through and I know the science of being able to see what direction he'd be going in. Exactly. Bring him a good, by the way, there's not a big difference. A good parent will know what direction a child is going in. A good parent will know where their child is at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I, I, by parent. the way, I was going to read this out. Somebody says, I want to remain anonymous. Uh, read children becoming involved in crime. By my own personal experience, my lad was using drugs, selling drugs, hosting parties and charging for them. I knew nothing. Uh, lots of lies and parents of his friends hiding it all. Some of the parents were taking the drugs with him uh, for exchange for covering up for him and picking him up and, uh, from home and dropping him home early in the morning without my knowledge. Uh, I involved the Garda, social services, school. Uh, I was at my wits end. Nothing was, could be done. Uh, he was manipulated cried wolf that myself my partner were abusing him so he could move in uh, with his friends uh, parents all okay with him and his mates uh, taking and selling drugs sure what's the harm are they, what harm are they doing several families colluding enabling and putting my child never mind anyone else's uh, social services all aware sure look is at it look at it isn't that the way it is I'm assuming he said in other words it was all kind of you know everybody puts their hands over their ears and doesn't want to hear about it well now isn't that the reality with the argument that we had on on the program uh, that we have regularly about the legalization or the the decriminalization of cocaine or other drugs no, that's the last that, thing that, I ever want to say. that particular situation is what will happen I know in the never increasing um, Liberal world we live in. Yeah, and you know. Oh, that'll better be that within the next two years. You wait and see. Yes, and and the woman who's on there, you know, she's to be commended for keeping her children as they are at this stage. But none of us can say that, and and the other caller is correct. None of us can say that somebody goes for a sleepover that we don't know what's happening. And exactly. that's the reality. 
No, 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 no. I'm not going to agree with you because no. when my daughter went, I don't remember my son's ever going for a sleepover. My daughter no, certainly. No, only the girl. Yeah, my daughter yeah. did, right? When, and But probably she was about 14 at the time, probably the first time I allowed it. Maybe I did. But anyway, we would have known the parents of the child she was sleeping with or, or with or going around to. We would have known their, their form. We would have had their child in our house. We would have met their parents on numerous occasions. We would have known the type of people they were, Peter. We wouldn't let our child stay in but a house I, with somebody who was not, a tow rag. None of us can no, say. Well, well hang on, hang on, Maliki. Just let Peter. Let... I have to agree with you there, Niall. Exactly what you're saying because that other guy, Peter, was saying to me, "Oh, how do you know where your child is when he's having a sleepover and stuff?" One of the things with my children um, that we actually, it's not that we never allowed them to go to have sleepovers, but it was never a big thing. Um, and any sleepovers that we're had, it's actually only in teenagers now. And like you said, it was parents that we've known since junior infants. Mm-hmm. Um, that they, their kids have come now, they're teenagers now, so they come up to play PlayStation or what have you and have a curry and be sitting here having a crack. And then they say, oh, is it okay if I stay now so we don't have to go home? And I text the parents and go, yeah, is it okay if he says over? They're like, yep. Yeah your house, that's it. I used to hate sleepovers. They'd be running up and down the stairs all night. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Peter. But Peter, just get get me back to Peter. Peter, the point I was making is, you know, your parents have to know where your sleepover is. I don't buy that as an argument. And you shouldn't be no late. But you you do, you go into schools, right, when they've got open back up and do a survey on when a forced teenager had that forced drink and I guarantee you, at least 50% of them would say, I told me, mommy or daddy, I was going for a sleepover in such and such's house, and we went out and we had a few bottles and whatever. They yeah. thought I was staying at her house, and she thought I was staying in their house. And this girl yeah. that's on there now saying that, you know, she knows where her children are, all this, that, and the other. No one knows when any of this stuff is going to knock on the door. Nobody knows when their child is going to change to a new friend. And you think that child is all right. And that child could be doing something that you don't even know about. You know the parents are... By the way, way, can I just say something? I'm sorry to interrupt everybody, right? You remember Owen that was on the air a minute ago? Yeah. Okay, and he was telling us that he was working in an off-license. He said, this is Owen. I was on the line a few minutes ago. Please send my apologies to Niall. I'm currently working. I'm currently at work. And of all things to happen, there was an attempted robbery. <laughs> Unsuc- he said unsuccessful, thankfully. But oh, while he was on the air, there was an attempt to. Rob- could have been a live robbery. Um, Jesus, Owen, you could have kept the line open. That would have been radio gold. Uh, okay, sorry. Let me just go. I'm sorry. Let me go to Daniel. Daniel, you're on Classic Hits. I hope you're okay, Owen. Uh, Daniel. Hi. Hi, how are you, Daniel? Daniel, you're from Brazil. Good. You're living here 20 years. Yeah, that's right. And do you think the Ireland that you moved to 20 years ago is the same Ireland that you look around and see today? No, absolutely not. No. no. I tell you, uh, I arrived here and worked in a hostel. And that hostel, they would have youngsters in the front of the hostel. Uh, what they would do sometimes would throw eggs, would throw tomatoes, throw into the wind and all that. Small stuff, you know? Yeah. But over the time, is escalating to... Different, uh, different uh, stuff: stabbing, robbing, and uh, you know it's coming more criminalised. Because, in my point of view, they get away with it. You know, everything is 
the criminal system here is too easy on, on youngsters like that. Mm-hmm. For example, today on your show there, the guy who was, ra- was racially, racially abusing the other guy through the um, social media, he got away with it. Who is, it? Who, who is this? Today, it was not a guy in Cork. Oh, the guy in Cork, oh, the guy in Cork. yes, the guy in yeah. Cork, of course, yeah. yeah. He got a, a slap in the wrist. He got a, he got well, he got a fine, yeah, that's all he got, yeah. Yeah, fine, come on. Well, my, mind you, I, now, I'm not going to go into that story, but I blame Ian Wright for that, the footballer, because he accepted his apology. He sent him a, a written apology, and Ian Wright did say that he accepted his apology as sincere. The judge obviously looked at that, took it into consideration, and thought, should know more of it. Yeah. And that was probably... And then Ian Wright comes out and said he was disappointed he wasn't charged or wasn't convicted. And I'm going, well... But he it, was actually convicted. Well, he got well no, he, he was, no, he wasn't convicted. Well, he got, a, he got he the probation convicted. act. He got the probation act, yeah. Although, if he tries to go to America, that will come up, so... It's still well, I don't know. No, it won't. It's, it's it not a conviction. Actually, it does. Not because he wasn't charged. It's no, he, no was he was charged. charged. He was charged. Yeah, he was. And he got the probation he act, the and probation he was asked to pay a fine or a donation. No, he didn't get a donation. He was found. I thought he was asked to pay a donation to the anti-racist network or something if he like that. If he had to pay a donation. Yeah. Right? Mm. If he got the Probation Act, there is a view that it may be... If, if for instance, he's filling in the form to go to the US, right? Yeah. That will come up as a conviction, right? Now, it shouldn't because it's the Probation Act. But that's the reality, right? Okay, well, okay but getting back to the point that uh, that's obviously Daniel is making, is is that, Daniel, the point you're making is is that all these individuals, these young individuals between sort of 14 and 18 years of age, they all end up with a string of convictions and never end up going anywhere. And he's right. No, that's what will happen. Yeah, he's yeah. right. And we should have it. Well, let him finish. Let him finish. Daniel, go ahead. Only starving, robbing bikes, doing small, petty theft, okay? Yeah. I'm coming from Brazil where I have experienced that youngsters, drug dealers using youngsters for running their drugs, or selling it and all that. And as they are kids, the guards can do nothing on them. Mm-hmm. They can maybe send them to a juvenile center and get them a slap in the wrist and all that. They'll be out in a couple of weeks and doing the same thing. If things isn't going to change now, you will have a serious problem in five, ten years with all that. Mm-hmm. It's totally and right. it will happen as usual. Uh, nothing will be done. Where, whereabouts, in Brazil, whereabouts in Brazil are you from, Daniel? I'm from the south. Okay. I, I actually live in one of those, what they call the shanty towns. Okay. I, I grew up in a farm, and I left the farm. Uh, by the way, I'm loving your Irish accent, Daniel. I can hear it coming through there. I can, yeah. The Brazilian is still there, but the Irish accent is definitely coming through. But okay, so you, so you, and would there be a high crime rate in where you were from? Well, as I grew up in the farm, turned 18, I left the farm and went to the city. The only way for me to survive in the city, because I didn't have a good job, I didn't have much money, was moving into Chantytown, those favelas. You probably heard about them. Mm-hmm. Okay? In there, the crime rate was high. So you keep your head down, you don't see anything, and just go about your life. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. And youngsters from... Hand and do they, do they have juvenile detention centers? They do. Do they use but them? The system is corrupt. The system is over... Overflowed me stuff. Police cannot keep on top of everything. It's no. For fifty quid, you buy a gun down there. It's it's easier for youngsters to go and rob a shop than go to work. That's a, it's some of their mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's what will happen here. The youngsters know that if they carry on with this one here, comes 18, 20 years old, they're allowed to sign on the doll. They get a few bobs of the doll. They do a petty grind here. They sign up for getting a, a flat from the government. 
they get benefits here, benefits there. They know how to scam the system, and what will happen is they make a lot of out of it. Well, do me do me a favor if you could all hang on because I have to I have to go to a break because I'm going well over time. Uh, the number is oh eight seven one double eight travel zero eight. The question we're asking we're asking Daniel and we're asking Maliki and Peter and Jane and everybody else is when you see young people of 14, 15 years of age walking around Dublin now with knives and attacking people, and not only that, the rise of crime, particularly for young people uh, in the cities around this country. What whose fault is that? Is that their parents' fault? Is it society, or is it the area they come from? So what is it? What's causing this? Let me know what you think. The number is 087 Now, Danielle, sorry, just to get back to you very briefly there as well yep. in relation to Brazil and what they did in Brazil. So when you say it's corrupt in Brazil, so nobody's willing to do anything about it, but what do you think we should do here? Giving them something to do and opening community centres and all those kind of things that Maliki talked about at the start of the show is completely pointless and doesn't seem to make any difference. The more money we throw at it. What's the answer? Well, the answer is yes. Correct. All those uh, projects are pointless. Like, they not go anywhere. The only way I think is, like, where, where it hit, hurts the most, hit the pocket, hit the parents. Hit them. That's the only way you can do it. So, so in other words, if Johnny Scumbag goes out and robs a shop at 14, you go into his parents and you give them a fine? Well, I wouldn't bring a fine. I would bring them up to the court and make them responsible for it. Because if... If you have a, a person that's under 18 years old, who's responsible for, for that? Well, their guardian is responsible, ultimately, yes. Sorry, say again? Their, their guardian, their parents, whoever their parents are. There you go. So if they go out and make a petty crime, if they uh, badly behave, their parents have to be punished. The parents have to stand, stand stronger in, in, in those questions. If you went out and did something, and you came home and uh, your father got you know, what would he do? He would be leaving crap out of you, wouldn't he? Well, he certainly would. And, and Peter, Peter, yeah, in your situation, your father would have been paying out a lot of money. My parents did get punished, yeah, because they got um, letters to say that if I didn't improve, that they would lose the house that they were living in, or if they didn't get me out of the house, that they would lose the house they were living in. Because it was so a council, was council house, yeah. yeah. And they still do that to this day with the council. So that's but very, how, few, very few people are put out of council houses. Very well, few that's people. How, Things started to get heated up with with my situation and the arguments I was having. Because when I was going home after being two two days out and my parents not knowing where I was and my father like holding me up against the wall saying, "Do I realise what I'm doing to the family?" and showing me these letters that are coming in the door and showing me these these summonses that are coming in the door. I didn't care. I hadn't got a heart. Like what what what. Well, there was nothing possible my mother or father could do to get through to me. And I understand why people in different areas and everyone grew up in this area and that area. I cannot blame my parents for the way that I turned out. Okay, well, 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 hang on a second, because I want to come back to Maliki as well, because some of the texts come in. Uh, it's a great one from Maliki to talk about. In the inner city, I know many young children who've gone wayward, and many of these children are so-called fostered, inverted commas. Uh, I don't know what he means by that, Maliki. You might have a better idea what what he means by that. Well, uh, that, that's another industry that we need. Are you there? Yeah, sorry, I'm listening yeah. to you. Yeah, the whole foster industry is another industry that we need to look at. And, and they're right, many of them are fostered. Um, and 
you know, I don't want to. I don't think we have time to get into the, the niceties of that particular argument. And when he when he says inverted commas, fostered, I I, I reckon there's a tone of cynicism. Yes, about there that. is. And again, there are people who've been fostered by family members when there's not really a problem. And the, the problem in relation to fostering is that a huge amount of money that the state pays for to foster. So if I I foster your child through the system, I'm getting probably five hundred quid a week. So what? So what? We, we have a, a okay. So you have a young girl, sixteen years of age, has a baby, and then her mother fosters the child while they're still living in the house anyway. Well, it tends to be somewhat younger than that when when kids are are creating problems, maybe at ten or eleven, and then they're fostered to another family member or to somebody else within the community, not necessarily a family member, and the the, the payments are made then. And, and, and are you saying that people are just literally fostering them for the money? Of course. So they don't really give a shit about of the course. kids. Of course, and and again. You know, with without um, appearing to be politically incorrect, there are certain nationalities or some of our new communities who are more adept at dealing with that particular situation and using. So, it. Are, you, are you saying? Now I'm not saying it. There are some great foster parents in the country, absolutely. But are, are you saying that the the foster parent that this foster parent is being exploited? The of course, I, it is by unscrupulous people who don't care about the children. Well, the children are being moved from A to B in order to ensure that a bigger payment is made by the state. Well, we, that's a bigger, a whole other topic we'll talk about another night. Yes, and, so. and you know, it's very... It, it's, it's complicated. It's part, yeah. Okay. That's Ga- a huge, it's an industry. Okay, okay. Gareth, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Gareth? Hi, Niall. How are you? Uh, Gareth, you're from Tala. You were raised by your grandparents. Yeah, and my mum, yep. Uh, okay, and... Um, you know, you turned out okay, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah I'm a chartered accountant at the moment, and um, my brother works in a pharmaceutical company. Um, but, like, the point I was making there in the text was, I don't think it's the society or the area in which you come from. I firmly believe that it's the morals, the morals and values that are instilled in children when they're being raised. Like, we were raised with, you know, to have respect for others, and, and, um, and even... To give you an example, there was eight fellow students in my primary school class, and uh, four of which have turned, you know, into either taking drugs or dealing drugs, and um, all of which were given the exact same opportunities as myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think it's just it's fundamentally, you know, it, it's the um, the way in which you're brought up, and you know, it's it's not sort of um, you can guarantee the same opportunities to everybody, but you can't guarantee the same outcome, of course. And, and that's yeah. exactly the problem. And all of this liberal agenda is about equality of outcome rather than equality of opportunity. And, you know, the, the caller there is to be commended. And he, like my own kids, have done all right because we instilled within them with some of mine. Yeah, but Peter, uh, well, Peter would disagree with you because he's a contradiction in terms then, isn't he? Because he believes, um, I, and I have no reason to doubt him, that good moral values were instilled with him. His, but he turned. He went wayward, and probably yeah, you're won the, always going to have you know people. I don't want to be talking about people in the third party, but he's still there. Yeah, you're yeah, always going to have. Can people. I ask that, that young man, uh, Noel Gareth? Yeah, that, that Gareth. Them four lads that he said went the other way, and um, there's a ringleader. I guarantee you, out of them four, there was a ringleader that led the others. Yeah, but why are we concentrating on those people? I'm not asking you, Malik. No, 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 let Gareth answer that question. Sorry, Gareth. No, there wasn't. Like, they they kind of grew up apart, if you know what I mean. But maybe there was a ringleader in their own circles where they were. But um, from what I know, you know, they they were firmly, like, 
sort of once they left primary school that was sort of it they, they morphed into you know turning and what down were that their parents like? Um, I know one of them their parents were very respectable sort of people um, but the others weren't you know, um, so, so you, so you believe? Well, no, by the way, by the way, I, I think there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. But the point you're making, Garrett, is, is that you believe that if a child is brought up with good morals, the difference between right and wrong—it doesn't have to be religious, by the way—but the difference yeah. between right and wrong that they will grow up to be a rounded citizen, a good citizen. Exactly. It's, it's, I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't mean to give a, 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 an example like this, but it's a bit like training a dog. If you train a dog, like a police dog, for example, to to do a certain thing, whether it be sniffing drugs or to attack someone or whatever, the dog is going to know that's what I need to do. But if you train a, a dog to, you know, jump through a hoop or roll over or whatever, that's what it's going to do. And I think, you know, what you teach a child. And when they're mm. younger, they'll learn from that. And, 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 and I have to agree because Malik, I did, I, I, or Peter, I saw a video the other day online and it was a fella in a car yeah. with his two kids and he was coming up to a guard at checkpoint. It was in relation to COVID, right? And he was in the car going, here they are, look at them, pigs, scumbags, nothing better to do than That's stopping it. innocent people. And there's two kids are in the back of the car and I'm saying, those two kids, whether you think the guards are right or wrong and the checkpoints for COVID is irrelevant, right? But those two kids will grow up thinking the guards are pigs to be disrespected. And yeah. isn't that the problem, Peter? And that's the point that Garrett is making. So if you bring your children up, you could even easily say to them, oh, there's the police stopping people again. I don't believe that's right. That's a different way of approaching it rather than saying, yeah. look at these pigs, scumbags. Well, oh yeah, and I see young kids. From, I see these little kids calling the guards pigs. The is, and his back of being bits. I often see my dad coming back from work at all um, hours doing security shifts. And I had a hard working father. I had a good, good mother. No, I'm not. Well. No, I'm not saying Peter, you know your I mean? dad didn't. And, and I'm, I, I did say, and I put a caveat in there that there is exceptions to the rule. I yeah. think you were an exception because I do believe what Gareth is saying, and I and I I know Malachi is kind of sitting on the fence a little bit, saying is I'm it kind of make no? Well, you're, oh. you're saying it's a mixture of everything, Malachi. No, no. Okay, uh, I'll ask Gareth a question just um, because he comes from the Tala area. I think he said, "Have yeah. you ever been asked as as an accountant to go?" and speak to any of these kids are being asked to be a part of any of these so-called community projects. No, no. No, exactly, um, and that's my point. But they're, they're no, no, no. No, well, let him answer, let him answer. ...projects in place, and at, when I was younger, I was involved with them. And oh, the no, that's kids, not the point the of getting The Gary. same four children that, yeah. you know, um, I grew up with that turned down the wrong road were involved with these community no, projects uh, as well. Okay, no, no, yeah. I think the point, the point that yeah, he's no, making is that, may, that maybe, you know, having people like you going to talk to the kids saying, look, I came from this area, it's a bad area, but look at me, I'm doing okay. The point yeah. I'm making is that Gareth is successful and his brothers, as he said, are successful. And they will not be d- used by these so-called community projects which are supposed to solve these problems as the role models. When Gareth clearly, as an accountant, and his brother as whatever he qualified as, are the role models that should be put before people, but they won't be used because there's no funding and there's no um, success for these projects and the continual funding and the creation of jobs for this new middle class or middle management that we have designed to solve these problems whose who's, who's role is not to solve the problem but to continue it. Okay, well, do me a favour. Stay there for a second because I just want to go to one more caller. I have to wrap this up. Ola, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ola? Hi, how are you? Uh, Ola, originally from Nigeria, bus driver in Dublin, um, and you believe it's a combination of everything. Yep. Okay, and when you say a combination of everything, there must be one particular thing. I mean, you can't just say, well, it's society, it's the area, it's the parents. 
Well, well, two two major people have to blame for this: parents and the government. Okay, and how are the government at fault? Because I had um, um, a story about a lady from Romania that had a son that was very, very bad behaved. And he was still underage. He was around 17. Mm-hmm. And he, he spoke to the guy. Oh, my mom is always trying to make me baby. And they took the kid off the mom. And when he got to 19 years old, they're like, oh, you're an adult. Oh, you're free to go now. Where did they release him? He went back home. And the mom called the guy, oh, this son is behaving badly. Said, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. He's over 18. He's over 18. But they gave him the chance to grow as an idiot. Now he became a big yeah, but what the, Yeah, but, but what's, what's the alternative to that situation you've just given me, right? So you've got a kid who's been exploited by his parents and abused by his parents or neglected no, by his parents. No, he wasn't exploited. He was a bad boy. He was a bad boy, okay. And, and his parents didn't right. seem to be able to control him. So, so and the state takes him in, custody of the estate, award of the state, and they, I, I'm assuming they put him out to a foster home or something like that. I, I don't know. Where, where would they put him for that, that time? Yeah, foster home. Definitely. Okay, so, and, so what's the alternative to that? The alternative is a lot of people are having kids now that shouldn't be having kids. Well, that's, that's true. Why I said, that, that's why I said parents and government. I, I'm a father as well, and I'm always, my son is 15 years old, and I'm so, so worried. I live in Blanchestown, and I'm so worried where my kid goes out. Because I, I still ask him when I go to him, I said, oh, who do you think is a fault? any consolation, that's where I grew up. You grew up in Blanchestown, did you? Right. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe that's not such a good thing after what you've told yeah, us yeah. over the last hour. But anyway. Blanchestown in 2006, seven used to be a very, very bad area with the, with the teenagers. They were fighting amongst each other. It died down around 2010-11, but it has spiraled now in 2019-20. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but kids... And, and, and unfortunately, in Blanchestown at the moment, we're seeing a lot of racial fighting amongst children too, which is not but, good. But as I'm saying, parents, my son cannot... Can, my son has been involved in, in football, in activities, so I've taken to the library. I've gotten... I, I, I took time to know at least 10 of his friends. So, Dad, I'm in this person's house. On our west, I check on him and he's there. Mm. Well, so many parents now but, the, but yeah but that's that's what I said Ola earlier on that's a good parent because when my kids went for sleepovers I made sure I knew who the parents were I knew their form I knew what they were like I'm not going to let them stay in a parent that I didn't know what they're up to you know that could end up being drug dealers or something like that exactly exactly so so many parents From now are just like oh today, you don't I, I have kids sorry Malachi what are you saying Malachi well now you don't know because cocaine is such a middle class drug oh, okay. you don't actually know who the drug dealers are. Well, you, can, you can know where your kids are. You can your know where your kids are. children could be easily going to a house where, you know, yeah, the, that, the, the parents are if you, if you involved in drugs. Kid, if you raise your kids in, 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 in a false relationship, they are going to grow up to be false human beings. But if you raise them right, of course, no matter how you try, you can only try. Some kids will derail no matter how you try. But if you try, the tendency of them becoming a better person is, is much greater than them becoming a bad person. Can I ask you, by the way, Ola, when you lived in Nigeria, yeah. I mean, young children in Nigeria of 14 or 15 who are runaways, tearaways, involved in crime, and I'm assuming there was a lot more crime uh, there than there would have been here for young children yeah. Yeah. Um, because there was a lot more poverty. So when, when the police, who are probably quite corrupt, uh, in Nigeria picked up a young 14-year-old, what did they do with them? Let's even leave the police out of it as well. Nigeria, it's, it's sad, but 
that's how the situation is. But in Nigeria, growing up, it, there was there was community parenting. If I was to if I were to go out to mess up, it doesn't have to be my dad that's going to correct me. Somebody outside there that's the parent will give me the smack, a big one. Well, that's the way it used to be here in the sixties, by the way. He will give me a big smack, and when I got home and told my dad that, oh, that Mister in number nine gave me a smack, my dad would give me another smack. That for someone else to have given you a smack, that means you've messed me up. But yeah, but hang on, Ola. That's the way it was here when I was a kid. If I did something wrong out on the road, you know, and Mr. Curtis or Mr. Melia or Mr. Murphy across the road or whoever saw me doing something wrong, like kicking the ball into his garden or whatever it happened to be or messing with his car, I'd get a slap off him. And exactly as you said, I'd go back to my father and say, Mr. Melia, you hit me across the head. Yeah, you probably done something to deserve it. And he'd give me a smack as well. Yeah, so, but it, it, it worked for some of us. But for some people, it made them more... But see, unfortunately, that doesn't happen anymore because we're not allowed to do that anymore. And I'm not saying it's right either, by the way. But but the point you're making is, and it's a very good saying, and I'm sure we're all well aware of it, it takes a community to raise a child. Yeah, but another another point I'm going to try to raise now, as regards the knife carrying, I live in, I told you I live in Blanchester in an apartment. And after a while, we noticed that some young kids, teenagers were coming to our underground to do all sorts. And I've worked with a couple of guys around the apartment, so I, I formed the WhatsApp forum, and I told them that, oh, some kids are causing problems downstairs. Anytime we see any kid downstairs, we, 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 I mean, we sent a message on WhatsApp, and we all went downstairs and mass, at least, like, not to, to be confrontational, but we went on mass and, like, hey, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. But it's, it's upside that they left and saw that, oh, these parents weren't going to give up. Now, when the weather is bad, the little kids can go downstairs underground. And so it's like a neighborhood watch. Yeah, like a neighborhood watch. We yeah. organize it. We, are, we have it strictly. But you know what? You're, you're right. And Maliki, there's another good one. Many years ago, we used to stick those stickers in the window. Do you remember neighborhood watch? We don't do that anymore. Neighbors don't ring each other and say, you know, I mean, Jesus, Johnny, number four there. I give him a quick ring. There's somebody outside your house looks a bit suspicious there. It's Nobody does that anymore. Society now. No community. We've, we've created an individual society. And the only people, and I don't know if any of your listeners listen to the gobshite that was on RTE today on Liveline about complaining about old age pensioners going to any other Canadians. Malik, shame on you. Shame on you listening to RTE. Shame on you. Your program was finished and I was in the car, so what can I do? You were bored. It was either that or Lyric FM. No, then I got stuck with Darcy, which is even worse. So what was he talking about on Liveline? And I think people should be very concerned in terms of where we are going socially. It was, there was these two old-age pensioners who had gone to um, the Canaries, Grand Canaria, a couple of weeks ago and were staying there till whenever for the winter, basically. Yeah. And the venom that came from people in this, uh, who are still here about them leaving the island and were going to bring back COVID the COVID and all of this. And, the, and, I mean, I think even Duffy got concerned about the way it was going. And there was one moment... Well, mind you, well, by, uh, by the way, the, no, we've only... There's a, hang on, that, that venom that's been created in society currently about COVID, we can only blame one... Uh, we can only blame one set of people in that, that's our government, uh, who have focused for the last two weeks on turning people against each other at Dublin Airport just to deflect them away from the real problems that we're having with COVID-19. But that's a whole other... Uh, what, what struck me about it was how people were torn... And it's like the 1940s all over again in Germany, people turning on each other. And there was one woman who was on who said that she had an autistic child in, in a care centre and she couldn't hug her for, since last March. And she was venomous against the people. The, well, the old age pensioners have a to, 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 you right? not realise that by now? Hold on, let me finish the point. 
Now, if I had a child or a, a mother or a, a parent in a care home, Leo Varadkar or Michal Martin would not be telling me that I couldn't hug them or couldn't see them. No, and, and I, I completely agree with you, by the way, I, on that point. They wouldn't be telling me. If my mother, for example, was dying in hospital, and thankfully, I say this thankfully with the greatest respect to my parents, they both passed away in the last 10 years. But I can tell you now, uh, I spent two days with my mother before she died, and if nobody would stop me, wild horses wouldn't stop me being at the bedside of my mother who was dying after 74 years of her life. But anyway, that's, we're gone off the topic a little bit. But I think Ola has come up with some great suggestions there in relation to the community raising children. And I think that's the, that's the biggest problem we have at the moment. We're not looking out for each other, particularly in co- communal areas like the city centre. And stay there, Ola, please, if you can. Uh, Amanda, you're on Classic Kids. Final caller. I have to wrap it up. Jesus. Go ahead, Amola. Uh, Amanda. Amola. Amola, I was going to call you. Amanda. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, how are you? How are you? How- Go on, Amanda. Whose fault is it? Um, I I would say it's a it's a bit of both. Like I grew up in I grew up in Donaghy, which was only twenty seven. So I can kind of speak from the younger kind of generation of men. Um, yeah, I grew up in Donaghy, and then I moved to Ballymun when I was I was quite little as well. I yep. grew up here. Um, my mom and dad would work. Um, I grew up with with people antisocial behaviour. I was in groups. I. But honestly, people are blaming the parents. I, I, I would really disagree with that because I would tell my mom, "Yeah, I'm here," and I wasn't there. I would tell her I'm staying in my friend's house where I'd be, could be in a field drinking. You know, um, it is. I'd say the who you, your peers, I'd say, would be the biggest influence on what you do. You're well, always trying to be. You know why your parents should surprise you to be to come over to where you said you are. Yeah, really I know, but but this is 2021, okay? So people lie, you know. You you want to do these things with people their friends. People have been lying doing. from ages. People have been lying from day memorial. People have been lying. Judas yeah, lied I know, but you can't expect Judas your parents to know to where you are 24 You can't expect that. Well, hang on both of you. And, and, and I do accept what you're saying, Amanda, that kids lie to their parents, you know, in 15, 16-year-olds, whatever it is, lie to their parents. And, and I do accept that, but... You know, I'm I've got three be, kids. I, well, well hang, hang on, Ola. I'm going to be 50. I like to my parents. Yeah, okay. I mean, but, but, but that's but the point. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Hang on, hang on, Ola. But I, I have three kids. Thankfully, Ola, uh, Amanda, and Ola, they're, they're, they're all over. The, well, 19 is my youngest now. But when they were 15, they might have lied the odd time to me. I don't know if they did. But I would check. I always knew if they, I could tell when they were lying. I knew if they were lying, and they didn't. Oh, of course, of course. But my, and they my weren't allowed to hang around at the shops. They weren't allowed yeah. to hang around the streets at ten o'clock at night. But this, this is my point. Okay, I've done all that. Okay, I've been there and I've done that. And now I'm a frontline worker. Okay, I'm doing amazing. I have house. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I have two younger brothers, um, who grew up in Ballymun, only known Ballymun. I know. The, the young chap as well he only lives very close to me an amazing young boy um, just you know things, things happen I don't think it's we're up I don't think it's the parents more so I would blame your peers because you're always trying to be like somebody else it's this generation you all the boys are looking at the other boys in the Montclair coats and the Gucci this and they want that so way to get that selling drugs that's why because your man can't afford to go out and spend 600 euro on a jacket you know what I mean this is this is my point you're always trying to be like someone else and it's the society of now you know I'm happy at working I work in a nursing home I am so happy doing that um, you know it's been this year for everybody but I mean I don't know if if I grew up in Fox Rock or Black Rock or wherever would I be doing the same thing now because I had a hard life growing up but that made me who I am 
you know, some people don't go down the same path. Some people go different paths. And I know... What, what about what Ola was saying earlier on about we, we seem to lack now, and he talked about it even in Nigeria, and I remember it here in Dublin when I was a kid, the community spirit, that if you did something wrong, you know, and maybe you were lying to your dad or where you were, but at least the neighbours across the road could see you were in the field drinking and they'd come out and give you a smack so, and send you home. So in other words, we don't get involved with other people's children anymore. We don't look at, I mean, that, that old saying, as I said, it takes a community to raise a child, that we don't do that anymore. I would say this, the community I've grew up in, Valley One, I think it absolutely has community spirit. And um, we have a lot of resources. We have the uh, reco. We have a lot all together and there's a lot of people even if I wouldn't see her or my neighbour wouldn't see her someone around the corner might or someone in the supermarket might I don't know if it's like that everywhere I know things have changed because I listen to my grandmother and she does say oh or even my mum my grandmother used to chase her down the road with her friends and she'd know where she was at all times and stuff but still like that you know there is kids who, who always want to be someone else. That, that, that's my personal opinion. I mean, I'm only 27. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I'm watching my two little brothers and I'm one's 18 and I'm watching them grow up, you know, and I'm seeing what things they could be up to and they're not because they're choosing different paths. But sometimes it's not that easy. A lot but of you, you, but you obviously had good parents too, which who instilled the difference between right and wrong into you. They, they they did, but also as well, you know, as I said, I'm not an angel. I, I did I didn't follow the rules at all times either, as I said, my mom. Well no well no I mean fairness, man, and none of us did follow all the rules all the time. We were kids, you know what I mean? That's a, that there's the point. I mean, I didn't follow all the rules, okay? I, I did things, you know, I was and I shouldn't be smoking. I was drinking when I shouldn't have been drinking. But always though, I, I, I used my own brains as well. I, I knew right from wrong, as you said, because my parents did instill that in me. They did say, you know, you should, you know, you get that feeling when you kind of know something's wrong. Do you know, you know what, you know what? There's, there's something wrong too. And, I, and it's, I, I'm sorry, sorry. Thank you very much to Peter and Maliki, by the way, because I know I have to let them go in there because that's clear the lines anyway. But Amanda and Ola, I'll say to you, when I was young, I had a healthy fear of my parents, particularly my father. Now I still love them, but I, I was afraid of them. And and, and, and and I think nowadays kids are not really afraid. If I if I did something wrong, my father would put me into the middle of next week. Uh, my mother would tell my father. I, that was always the fear. My mother, by the way, was a dab hand with a slipper and a cane as well, mind you. But <laughs> but but in saying that, they they would instill fear in you. But it was a fear that you respected. Uh, yes. Ola, do you understand what I'm saying? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and to buttress your point, yeah. As I told you, I'm a bus driver. Yeah. My company, we used to carry. I don't mean this as a racist term. We used to, we used to carry some travelers, yeah. Yeah. When, when they had occasions, and most of the travelers used to say, "Oh, we want Allah to drive us. We want Allah to drive us." What I realized was that I, I respected them. I didn't see them for who they were. I respected them as human beings. Okay, so you didn't look at them as travellers because, of oh, course, no, because, no, uh, because you I, yourself have experienced racism and discrimination I res- too. I respected them as human beings. And, and we dealt with each other and they were like, and I never got any, any, any problem. I never had any problem with them. I took them to Galway. I took them to Cork uh, for, for, on, on my bus. And we never had any problem. They did their business. They did their silly things on the bus. Mm. But they never had problem with me. By the way, can I just say, I'm sorry if we just all be quiet for a second. Do I hear crickets on the line? Yeah, I can actually hear that as well. Did you hear crickets? It's like talking to somebody in Florida or something. I thought I heard crickets on the line there for a second. Well, um, definitely. Sorry, hang on, Maliki, you just want to say something very quickly. Go on. Two points, right? One, 
the the view of what's right and wrong in different communities is different. For instance, shoplifting, for instance, will be seen as legitimate crime in some communities and, and, and not in others. And also in, in the area, for instance, where I grew up, we've had the, the gentrification of an area where your properties that have been sold have been bought by either investors who, who move in people then who, who are transitory, or we have... Um, People who move in who don't see it as their home but see it as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. So don't rear their families there and, you know, intend to move on to somewhere else. And that breaks down a community. And I've been involved in, in, and technically I'm still the General Secretary of ACRA, which is the Association of Combined Residence Associations for the, for the entire country. But residence associations, by and large, have collapsed because people are not getting involved because they're not there long enough in their communities and because residents associations are the one grouping in this state that are not funded by... by They're funded uh, by the residents. Not funded by the state, funded by the residents. And residents are saying, well, you know, the state is funding everything else. Let them fund the cutting of the grass and all of this. Absolutely. You know? All right, well, listen, as I have to wrap it up, listen, thank you very much. Thanks, Ola. And uh, thank, you uh, thank you very much to Amanda and Malachi and Peter and everybody who stayed on for so long, by the way. Uh, somebody says, yes, I could hear the crickets. <laughs> I told you, I could hear the crickets. <laughs> Um, let me see where we're going. I, I, lads, I'm not reading out horrible texts. Hi, Nile. Over two thousand years ago, philosophers like uh, Aristotle and Plato were wondering about concepts like nature and nurture. The more things change, the more things say the same. That comes in from Sean. Nile, it is the fault of the parents and society. Human nature: if you do something and get away with it, uh, you will do it again. Only way: if you injure another person by stabbing, it should be five years mandatory. I don't care if they're ten or a hundred and ten. Only exception should be self-defense. Well, that is an exception that's used by times, isn't it? Self-defense, but even self-defense, unless the other person has a weapon, should never be used to stab somebody. If somebody pulls a fist or a hand with some skin on it and attacks you and you think that the only way you can defend yourself is by sticking a knife in them, I I don't think that's a reasonable defence. You can use your hand with skin on it to punch back or run away. I always used to tell my kids that. Run away. Don't be a hero. Heroes end up in hospital, don't they? Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.